Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to my show, The Church of the Soul's Evolution. How are you? I hope you had a good week. I was just dancing to my music. It's kind of got a nice, catchy drum beat, you know, and I call it the call of the soul. Like the call of the wild, that little bit of music there, and it was selected by Doug of BBS Radio many years ago. I liked it, and I've always liked it. And hope you do, too. The call of the soul, that's why we're here. You know, we are spiritual beings living in a material world. And we're here to learn to love each other, for one thing. We came from heaven. Earth is not our home. It's just one planet of many out there in the universe. You don't realize that now. You will later. And there are so many planets. Oh, my goodness. And I know there are different types. Within our solar system, for example, did you know that there was a planet once upon a time between Jupiter and Mars, now called the asteroid belt, well, belonged to a race of human beings many, many, many thousands of years ago in the past. And believe it or not, there are other civilizations out there in the universe who are very advanced, besides our civilization here on Earth, has probably only reached the letter A in the alphabet as far as the level of civilization we're at, you know, the level of evolution and the level of evolution. Anyway, this race of human beings was very advanced, and they had spacecraft capable of traveling at close to light speeds, and they were experimenting with some antimatter and perhaps got a little too overzealous with these experiments and unfortunately destroyed their planet. But before that happened, they were able to evacuate most people, migrate most of their people to one of the moons of Jupiter called Ganymede. And there they live right now, a race of human beings, very advanced, more spiritual than ourselves, and they live mostly underground and have learned to harness the energy of that planet for their power needs. Specifically, there's a lot of volcanic activity there on Ganymede. And surprisingly, there is a little bit of an atmosphere, too. But their cities are mostly underground with a little bit above. I believe some pictures have been taken that show some tiny shiny surfaces they're scattered throughout the exterior of the planet and so all their power needs are met by the way they harness that volcanic activity I'm not sure exactly how but all their electricity needs you know the lights running their machines are provided by the moon this is really like a small planet, you know. And they've traveled to Earth many times, and sometimes they will fly overhead with their spacecraft, and they'll, they know which people are the ones who are the most spiritually advanced. There's a book called I Visited Ganymede, and it's a very interesting read. I would suggest you read it. It's 
available in Amazon. It's called I Visited Ganymede. Check it out on the Internet. And in that book, when I first bought it, I was in Caracas, Venezuela, in my last duty assignment in the Army. Hold on. Got to have my water here to take a drink of water. And it was written in Spanish. I later on got a version in English, but I am almost fluent in Spanish, so I didn't have too much difficulty reading it. In one part of the book, it says that the sun is actually the home to the spirit, mother, and father of our solar system. It is the centric, the centrics of our solar system, the matrix, excuse me. Hold on just a minute. One of our dogs just came in. Excuse me. I am always interrupted by the dogs coming and going. they got to go out to the backyard, do this thing, come back in the house, I close the door from the enclosed patio here to the inside of the house. So I always have to close the door after them or let them in. And you know what I mean. So they say in the book, the author's name is, um, oh, I had it on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it right now. Yosip um, Abraham. Yosip. That's a Spanish name. Yosip. Y-O-S-I-P. Abraham. I-B-R-A-H-I-H-I-M or A-M. I'm not quite sure. And in the book, he talks about the mother and father of our solar system, the spirit mother and father or the mother and father of heaven living on the sun, which is, the, as I mentioned, the matrix of the solar system. And they control the whole solar system there because they are the spirits, the creators. They are spirits and creators of our souls and spirits. Not all, because some of us are well-traveled souls that have been around the universe. What the great, late Sylvia Brown, the wonderful psychic medium who wrote many books, and she said that there are some souls called mystic travelers who travel around the universe and go back in their evolution to planets to help those who are the younger souls and help them in their evolution and development. And I believe that's my situation here. And talking about absolutely anything, no holes barred is okay, you know, because the time is always now to speak of spiritual development. As far out in right field, so to speak, as it may seem, as Surprising, shocking as it may seem, it is okay. Because guess what? And I've said this before. There is so much violence here on Earth and have, has been in the past. All the wars and killing that has gone on throughout the centuries. Killing. People dying each day. 40,000 people on Earth each day dying. For one reason or another, old age, ideally that's the way to go, Right but some by accident. There's a hundred different ways to die here on Earth, don't you know? Diseases, car accidents, fire, electrocution, drowning, bitten by animals, poisonous insects, reptiles, whatever. And 
one has to keep in mind, therefore, that you shouldn't be freaked out, so to speak, or frightened on any subjects of spirituality because it is almost like the opposite of the negative. You see all this violence on TV? You surf the channels on television like I do all the time, trying to pick out something that I like. And there is so much negativity and violence that you get carried away watching it, you know. And it's not really good for us. I mean, there's nothing else to do. Sometimes we need to relax and rest at the end of a busy workday. But these movies and shows that we watch that are filled with violence is just dragging us down, you know. We have to rise above that and realize that they are fantasy. They're not reality. Now, you want some reality? An active shooter event. If you were, like, close by or involved with one, that would be a, a pretty healthy dose of reality. So don't get fooled by Hollywood and the fantasy violence that goes on. I don't want to burst their bubble, you know, because these actors are making a lot of money. That's their, their bread. You know, that's how they make their living. But there could be more valuable and more relevant things for them to do, especially movies that accentuate the real life of people, you know, true stories. That's what I want. Give me that. I don't want fantasy violence anymore. I can do without it. I've been to a lot of movies, you know, the, the regular famous action heroes like Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone or you name them. They're out there, you know, the movies, the fabulous um, six or seven, uh, what are they called? The guys that race their cars. One of them died. Paul Walker died recently in a car crash. Now that's reality. And then to go back to the fantasy, you know, it's synonymous with a species or a civilization in the very early stages of evolution to be kind of caught up in fantasy, you know. And we don't know that tomorrow will be here for us. You know, we hear that over and over again, but we don't internalize it, if you will. And I try to know that, you know, tomorrow could be my last day. Go and take a look at a cemetery. See all the gravestones that are out there. People that used to live, like we're living right now. Hundreds of them lined up one by one, especially the, the heroes from the war. I call them heroes because they didn't have to die in the war, you know. There's no good reason for a war, no logical reason for people to fight and kill each other. We could say it's in the name of the United States to fight for our nation, you know, against communism, which is really not true, very simply. A person does not have to sacrifice his or her life for an ideal which is really not written in stone, not well understood. Why did we get involved with Vietnam? 58,000 Americans lost their lives there. Did we need to do that? Are we, were we really fighting communism or we were just fighting a, or were we really just fighting a politician's war, doing what they said to do? It's a good thing to do what people ask you to do, but not when they want you to take your own life in the sacrifice of something, some ideal that isn't clearly understood, or even better still, is not true 
in what it's trying to accomplish. It's not real in what it's trying to accomplish. And think of all the Vietnamese that were killed there. People with families, you know, and children who no longer have a father could have been alive right now, this very second, this day, except for the politicians who are leading this country. You know, some politicians, they, they don't have the best interests of the people in mind. The Constitution said it well when it said, we the people. The welfare of the people is the first, most important thing. But does that change the minds of the politicians? No, because every day they're doing their competition thing, not looking out for the welfare of the people, not doing the right thing over and over again, not doing the right thing. And why do they do it? Because they have power and they have money, they get good money, and they don't want to give that up. It's understandable. But what we really need are people who are dedicated to looking after everyone's best interests as we go forward into the future for our children and their children in the future of the world so that we still have a planet and it's not destroyed. You know, the ecological systems don't collapse because of pollution, air pollution, water pollution, and noise pollution, believe it or not. Noise pollution is the worst pollution of all. Some people say they get used to it, but that's not true. You can't get used to some really loud noises. I hear noise all the time here in the back, you know, sirens. Emergency vehicles going up and down the highway that's right alongside of our community here. And it's hard to think when you got these loud sirens in your head. Oh, my God, it's almost like some kind of static energy that it's hard to take, if you know what I mean. But going to another subject, my friends, let me tell you something that is good news in a way that I can feel safe to declare as being true. And I think you'll like it and you probably will agree, but, and especially here in Texas, in San Antonio, winter is here. Not officially, it's not the 21st of December, but in the span of a day or two, maybe three days, most of the trees behind my backyard have almost shed their leaves. Just like that. Oh, my God, it was like overnight. And I looked this morning. I attended some training. I was up early participating in this Toastmasters Learning Institute. And it went on for three hours, 9 to 12. But I was looking out at some trees that are behind my backyard and a very soft breeze picked up and, and knocked about maybe 20 or 30 more leaves off of one of these trees in our backyard, behind our backyard. And I looked around and I saw where, you know, I knew it was going to happen. So I took a good look at just how green everything was last week. I knew it was going to happen. And I internalized it in my memory, the green. And all of a sudden this morning I looked and there was more brown than green. So I can safely declare that winter is officially here, regardless of the scientific explanations or the astronomical terms, the winter equinox or whatever, December 21st. It is here. It has come. It has arrived. The trees say so. We don't need anyone else to tell us. We just have to look at the trees, and they say that 
it's time to shed their leaves, and you won't see any new leaves until here in Texas, probably the end of February or beginning of March. That's a long time between now and then, don't you think? Ah, heaven. Changing the subject again. Heaven is such a an incredible place. Do you read about heaven? You should. Because that's where we came from, and that's where we're going when we leave here. Earth is not our home. We were born into this world. Do you remember when you were born? I don't think any of us does. It would be a rare situation where some one person, individual, remembers being born. Or even before then, when we were in our mother's wombs, we are knit, put together in incredibly, wonderfully amazing fashion in the wombs of our mothers, co-creator gods in their own right, having a baby grow inside their bodies. It's like I was, beautifully and fearfully made. The heart starts beating in 22 days, but the inception, the, the male sperm and the female egg, and then it begins right there. It blossoms into the, a beautiful human being at that time. It begins its growth until the day that they die, hopefully at a ripe old age, sometimes maybe 100-plus years old. Isn't that amazing? And our heartbeats that perform independently of our wills automatically. We don't have to regulate them. They happen. It happens automatically. Many thanks to God for that. And so complex are our bodies, you know, our central nervous system that will help you pull your hand away from a hot stove that you put on, you put your hand on, and just a split second when you feel the heat, you know, and lungs that take the air from the outside and use that air to purify the blood and all those veins in your body and the bones, skeletal system and the muscles and the tendons. We are indeed wonderfully made, and it all begins there in the womb. But we came from heaven before then. We pre-existed. We were spirits. Here we are in the material world, but we were spirits also in the heavenly world, the spiritual dimension, the spirit lands, the spirit realm, if you will, or that world on fire up in the sky which is the fire of God. It's not like a when you match or take a match and fire it up, you know. It's a very special fire. It's a nuclear fire. It's the fire of God, you know, where six million tons of helium are being converted into hydrogen every second. Six million tons. And we as spirits, before we came here and were put into a physical body in our mother's wombs. Usually it happens towards the latter part of the nine months, but sometimes before then, sometimes just before we're born. But usually to give us a chance to acclimate ourselves with that body, our spirits go inside the physical body and experience what it's like to be in a mother's womb and we're able to exist without breathing air and we're being fed by our mother through the umbilical, from the mother with the umbilical cord, and 
We can feel what she feels. We can look through her eyes. Sometimes I've read that to be true. Check it out on the Internet. You can find everything on the Internet. You know, any question. I'm always looking up questions on the Internet. It's such a valuable resource, you know. This is an incredible bank of information. Any subject that you might have a question about, you know, amazing. Very grateful for all the people that put it together. There are a lot of brilliant, brilliant people out there. Amazing, beautiful people. All children of the Most High, Mother and Father God, and the creator of the universe, who initiated all of it with the Big Bang. I've said it before, and I'll say it again and again. You can't say it enough. The Supreme Creator is a spirit, you know, who existed before anything existed, before the physical universe was developed and formed. That feeling of nothingness, can you experience it? Can you feel it now? Nothing existed at one time. Nothing no planets, no oceans, no plant life, no animal life, no other human beings, no other sentient beings at one time. And nothing existed except for the spirit and darkness and silence. And then the spirit, by the power of his or her will, because the supreme creator, the spirit of the universe, is a spirit and is male and female and is all-powerful and all-knowing, omnipotent, omniscient. And the spirit came up with a plan to experience itself through the feelings of other beings. So it took an infinitesimal part of itself, a piece of his, her spirit, and put it into physical bodies that existed, that would exist throughout the universe in many, many different solar systems and many different galaxies, planets that have different kinds of atmospheres and these sentient beings that are indigenous to those atmospheres. And the purpose is very simply put in one word can describe why the Supreme Creator did what he, she did all those billions of years ago at the center of the universe before everything began forming and spreading outward and accelerating and expanding. Very simply, growth. Do you understand what growth means? That's what the Supreme Creator wants. That's what we want because that's the greatest thing there is, growth. And we grew from babies, hopefully we'll grow to be adults and live to a ripe old age. But if not, then that's just the way it is. You believe in predetermination, that some things are already written in stone. Some things can be changed with prayer, but usually each of us has an expiration date. Sometimes a few years out, maybe right after being born, sometimes many, many years out into the future before we are called back to that place where we came from. But not everybody always goes back to that same place because just like we have here on Earth, in our society, in our human society, there 
are establishments that have to take care of the people that commit wrongdoings, people that make mistakes, and they have to pay the penalty for making mistakes. And so we have God's jail called hell, which is beneath the surface of the earth. That's why you've heard all these stories about people burning in lava fire, screaming and gnashing and wailing of people repenting, but they have to serve their time. There is no eternal damnation. Take it from me. and Don't listen to the other voices out there that are unforgiving and not very loving and not understanding. If our mother and father in heaven are so much loving, or let me put it this way, our own mothers and fathers, are you a mother and father and or father? I am a father of a beautiful son. His name is Bryce. He lives in California. Let's say he made a mistake, committed a sin. Would I punish him because he did for an eternity of suffering and pain because he was he made that mistake and he wouldn't get a second chance? And would I be not loving enough to forgive him? I think I would be, especially taking some circumstances into consideration, but sometimes people are shaped and molded into doing things they normally wouldn't do. You know, our parents, they they do shape and mold us. But my point is, if we could forgive our own children for making mistakes, and being disobedient, how much more loving and forgiving is our mother and father in heaven? So therefore, yes, people have to pay the penalty for their mistakes, especially the bad mistakes like murder or rape or physical abuse or sexual abuse, verbal abuse even. But there is always forgiveness especially with people praying for them. and But there is some suffering. You know, people have gone to hell and come back and talked about it. There's demons there. Demons do exist, just like angels do. But guess what? They serve a purpose. They were created by the Creator as well. Nothing, and I'm reading this scripture in church tomorrow, And it's from John, the first chapter, verses 1 through 8. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And nothing, my friends, was made, I mean, nothing was made that wasn't made by God. And that includes the devil and the demons. The devil is Archangel Lucifer, and he's in charge of the demons and hell, God's jail just like Archangel Michael's in charge of the angels. Yes, they have a hierarchy, you know, but they were created by God. God does not make mistakes. The creator of the universe and the mother and father gods of solar systems who created our souls and spirits is a process, you know, that exists in this universe. Also, the reincarnation of our souls from one planet to another in our 
ascent up the evolutionary ladder to where we too one day will become co-creator gods, not the real God, the supreme creator of the universe, his herself, but like him, her, with a knowledge of how to command the cosmic forces in the universe by how? By using words, just like the Bible said. So nothing was made that was not made by God, including demons and hell. Because don't you know, there have been some very, I don't like using the word evil, but there are some people in this world that need some serious prompting, some serious intimidation, some serious rehabilitation to get back on the path they're supposed to be on in their soul's evolution. But there is forgiveness. But there's also a law in the universe that says, if you make a mistake, you got to pay the price. And as we go forward here on planet Earth, I am so proud of the way some people are. I'm happy with the progress people have been making. I see a lot of beautiful, beautiful people out there. I see people struggling. I can understand what some people are going through over there in Ukraine, you know, the war that's going on. A lot of people have been killed on both sides, you know, in the Russian army and with the Ukrainians. And I sympathize with everybody, and I understand how the Russian soldiers feel, too. I was a soldier one time in the U.S. Army. I still work for the Army. I served 22 years as an active-duty soldier, and it's a job. If they want you to go somewhere and fight, you have to do it. Whether or not you believe in that ideology, you know? And a lot of Russian soldiers are being killed, along with the Ukrainians. But I'm more sympathetic to the Ukrainians because, of course, this war didn't have to happen. This war didn't have to happen. Mr. Putin, he had his reasons. You know, here's a man with billions of dollars, extremely wealthy. And he believes in God. You know, he's a God-fearing man. But he, what I read, believed that God wanted him to start that war. And... I think there is one good thing that came out of it. And I I think I could share this with you, believe it or not. War does have some value sometimes. Ultimately, we want to do away with war and not have any more, but while it still exists, we have to see the good in everything, right? The same way when 9-11 happened, you know, it was a terrible thing, incredibly terrible terrorist attack, killing thousands of people, but it pulled the United States together in a way that it never had before. All of a sudden, we reunited with one purpose, to be come together, just like the Pledge of Allegiance says, one nation undivided with liberty and justice for all. It really united us in a way, but it took that terrorist attack to do it. With Mr. Putin and that war in Ukraine, I think at the time, you have to understand that COVID was rampant, you know, throughout the world. Thousands, over a million people had died because of COVID worldwide. And what a better way to get our minds off of COVID and all, all the hype and all the unnecessary 
excitement, if you will, you know, because I wasn't totally on board and convinced that it was as bad as they said it was. You know, the media kind of ran with it and put the fear of God in a lot of people and made it worse than it actually was. So what a better way to get our minds off of COVID, a pandemic, than to create a war. But also, there was a purpose in Mr. Putin's war, and that was to win back some of that territory, that land that had once belonged to the former Soviet Union. And also, it was to kind of drive out the people that were anti-Russian and were kind of leaning towards more um, Western ideology. And, and additionally, um, NATO was putting getting closer to the Russian border, and that's one thing Mr. Putin didn't want. So one has to have an open mind and see the way that Mr. Putin was thinking. I'm not saying I said, you know, I believe in war, that war. I, I think any war is not good. We want to ultimately get away from war and have peace one day, you know. But in this case, I can see the justification, you know. And I can't say exactly that was what Mr. Putin was thinking. Only him, only he can say that. But I think that's pretty sound rationale. Um, and I heard that he did believe in some of that for what he did, you know, for him doing what he did. Again, don't get me wrong. <clears throat> Excuse me, going to take a drink of water. War is something we have to get away from. We've had too much of it in this world, but sometimes we have to choose the the lesser of two evils or something that will ultimately help do away with something like war, you know, and have peace. Anybody out there want peace for our children in the future and not them suffering needlessly? being maybe maimed or disfigured from combat in future wars. You see it all on television, all these negative action movies about violence and killing. And I remember one time I saw a movie where a man was cut in half by a cord on the aircraft carrier, and somebody in the audience laughed. Now, why would someone laugh at something like that, you know? We're being led down a path like sheep to the slaughterhouse when it comes to fantasy violence. Hollywood has a responsibility to all of us to give us products that are inspiring, motivating, that are beneficial to our natures, that help us think good things, you know, instead of negative things that do more good than bad. In other words, all these acting talents out there, they there are other roles that they can play, you know, but supply and demand, people, they go and see these movies. And so Hollywood's just giving them what they ask for, you know. But I think people are getting tired of it, in my opinion. We want more real-life, true stories. And they have a lot of incredible special effect technology at their disposal. Avatar is coming out later on this month. And that has some amazing concepts 
you know, that first movie, I really liked, especially the concept of them, how they're able to put their bodies into the blue body. I've talked about this on previous shows, because it has to do with Jesus, the Jesus that died on the cross many years ago, him being an extraterrestrial, the human body that he inhabited, just like an avatar, how they put their bodies inside their astral bodies, their spirits, if you will, inside the blue bodies. It's the same concept, if you will, of how a sentient being from a highly evolved planet put his astral body inside a human body that was created by their elders, so to speak, of that planet. A human body is an amazing thing and capable of being produced, just like that blue body is an avatar, very complex with different kinds of bodies, a physiological body, a fluidic body, an astral body, other bodies that have to be put together with incredible knowledge and care and just right, perfectly right, in order for it to function optimally. And so it was with Jesus who died on the cross all those years ago. He was an extraterrestrial, came from the planet Thio-Uba, and he was dropped off by their spaceship near the Sea of Galilee. And he knew what he had to do. He had previewed what his life would be like. These extraterrestrials, they're thousands and thousands of years in advance of our own civilization. They've been given, given guardianship of our civilization and have intervened before in the past. Because don't you know, we've needed help. We're a violent species, very ferocious and warlike, right? Some people even will even fight if they don't believe what they believe. They will start a war if you don't believe what they believe. And that shows me that people who are not secure in their beliefs have a tendency to do that. But if you're secure in your beliefs like I am, because I know, I don't just believe, I know, a lot of things in regard to who we are spiritually and the universe and God and there being life out there, then I just bridge the gap between belief and knowledge. And I understand my reality system is created, has been created over the years. And I'm older than say your average person. I think that's safe to say. I'm 68 years old. And I, so, I see so many discrepancies out there with the knowledge that they try to give us, especially at this wonderful time of the year. You know, I've said it before many times on other shows, but for the benefit of the people that may be listening for the first time, I feel sometimes like I can say, I am the truth, the light, and the way. That I can also lead you to the father and the mother. That's one thing the Bible doesn't talk about. It doesn't talk about a mother God, which is so, so wrong, if you ask me. And I like revisiting these subjects because I know, I know people need constant justification. They need constant 
reminders, if you will, about what the truth is in the matter, in different matters. And we live in a universe, I've heard people at church say it, the Alpha and the Omega, oh, Father God, you are the Alpha and the Omega. No, the Alpha and Omega is the male and the female, the positive, the negative, the yin, the yang. We live in a universe of male and female. So you see, we live in a world where there's a lot of people still searching for the truth and don't know all the answers. I know a lot of the answers. I was blessed to learn a lot of the answers, and I'm sharing them with you. And my knowledge really has been gained from a lot of people, other people, their books. And I've put together what they've learned, what they've taught me, what I've learned. I wrote my own book in the Amazon Kindle bookstore called The Gray Brain and the Golden Soul. Some people just don't know. I hear it at church, you know. They talk about God's only son. And when Jesus taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, it's a contradiction of terms that really is not doing any benefit to anyone. It's just leading us down this wrong road. Come on. You want to come out? What are you fighting about? Come. One of the dogs is going to... Hold on, just a minute. The door open. Hold on. One of the dogs just tried to come out, but she changed her mind. She said, oh, you're talking about a very delicate subject there. Well, I get tired of not knowing if I'm a child of God. When people say God's only son, what are they saying about me? I feel like I'm a son of God, too, you know? And that woman over there, she's a daughter of God. I think you're leading us down this wrong path and have been for years. Here we are, all of us, the children of God, connected, one, like a network, creation, part of the creation of the creator of the universe. And yet, We've been taught over the centuries that there's only one Son of God. They've led us down this wrong road, purposes that did not behoove us or anybody, as a matter of fact, that actually did us some reverse damage, if you will, delayed our evolution with this, all because they just want to spout these words from the Bible without really believing in them. I don't want to say anything negative because I always try to focus on the good of everything, but there are some things that kind of make me want to explain myself when it comes to different parts of the Bible. And how am I doing on time here? I've got about 10 more minutes. It's all good, my friends. If you've listened to me before, you know, that's what I believe in. And ultimately, it'll come down to me saying this, that I'm entitled to my opinion. You're entitled to yours. You can believe what you want to believe, but the day will come when you come face-to-face with the creator of your soul and your spirit. And that wouldn't be a good time to realize that you're lacking in certain knowledge, spiritual knowledge, which you should understand should have understood the knowledge it should have gained 
But instead, a lot of people live a materialistic life, and they forget why they're here, what they could have done, how they could have developed themselves spiritually, how they could have evolved. They don't even believe there's life out there in the universe. I watched the movie The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves last night. I've seen it a few times. And that's a really interesting movie. And one time they, they, he's talking about this planet is not your own. You're destroying it. So in order for the planet to survive, then they're going to wipe out all of humanity. It's a little bit different than the original version back in the 50s. And so they were, the spaceship lands somewhere in Washington, D.C., and automatically they're surrounded by the police and tanks and vehicles with machine guns on top and all weapons drawn. And, of course, he comes out. Somebody's got an itchy trigger finger. He gets shot. And then, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, they go rushing up to the medics and take, well, why'd you do it in the first place, you know? You come all fearful and wanting to destroy something you don't understand, and then you hurt this extraterrestrial, and all of a sudden you're, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, quick, take him to the hospital, do surgery on him, take out the bullet. Why'd you even do that in the first place, you know? It, these extraterrestrials, if they have the technology to come here to Earth with their spaceships capable of bending and warping time space and traveling interdimensionally, then don't you think they would have the capability to defend themselves and also have offensive weaponry, maybe laser beams, of course, you know, like we're just just begun developing ourselves, like in Star Trek, or maybe photon torpedoes, something that could destroy a whole planet in a single attack, a single hit. Of course, you know. Like the verdants out there, per the book, read the book, the contact has begun. The verdants are a race of extraterrestrials who have been trying to make contact with the people here on Earth, and they follow their routine like they've done for thousands of years, millions of years, coming up to uncharted solar systems, monitoring the life that's there, watching them develop, make their first steps into outer space, and if they're peaceful, they will let them do that. If they're not, they sabotage the spacecraft and keep them confined to their home planet. And they've seen how the human animal, the human species, is very warlike and ferocious. And all the wars we've had in the past and all the killing, and they saw 9-11, you know, this horrendous acts of violence and terrorism where thousands of people are killed all at once. And they know that we are a very warlike species, but there are some of us like me and the artists and the lovers and the musicians and the good family-oriented, decent people in the world who just want to have peace, peace on earth, goodwill to mankind, especially this time of the year. 
and they're out there waiting for us. But why do they want it? Why do you think they wouldn't want to land here on Earth and in the public to have a an encounter, a summit, when they know they're automatically going to be surrounded by police with weapons drawn and surrounded by the National Guard and all the tanks and weaponry they have? And somebody with an itchy trigger finger is going to pull their trigger, so to speak, you know, fire a weapon. And how would you feel if you were an extraterrestrial going to a planet that you hadn't been to before? Maybe you hadn't just wanted to make contact with them just to give it a try. You landed in the backyard of the politicians there, the people that run the planet or that, that country, just to see if you can maybe make contact with them, see if it'll work out and they First thing they do is start shooting at you. How would you feel? Wouldn't you want to shoot back at them? Or maybe they would have some weapon, some kind of device that could repel the weapons. But then you have to understand the mindset. Why would they want to make contact with a species that's trying to kill them? Like we would probably try to do. That's why they haven't landed in the front lawn of the White House because somebody would try to kill them. And that's not a very friendly thing to do, you know. And they come in peace, so if you try to kill them, why should they even do it in the first place? You see, there are many steps ahead of us. They know what would happen. That's why they don't do it. That's why they haven't done it. Going back to what I said, you know, I am the truth, the light, and the way. I, I am. I could say this, just like Jesus said it, Back in the day when Moses' law was predominant, everyone believed in Moses' law. Jesus came and he gave them the new law, the New Testament. And they, what did they say? Blasphemy. And someone might say blasphemy right now, what I'm trying to say. But we are all co-creator gods in the making. Jesus said that you are gods. And you can be the truth, the light, and the way also. We need to rise above. We need to get better than we were. We need to seek truth and do away with all this untruth, like only one son, especially when Jesus taught us to pray our Father. I, I'll keep saying it over and over again because I, can, I know the way some people think. You can't reason with them because they, they're inside their box, and they love it when you talk about them, too, and, and you get involved, and, and you get fired up. That's what they want. You know, they want confrontation. They want debate. But they're never going to win. It's a stalemate. It always will be. So I am secure with my beliefs. I don't need to prove what I think to other people. I don't need to prove that I am the truth, the light, and the way. Jesus said that. You can say it, too, if you believe it. And I believe it, too, because I've been taught, because I communicate with our mother and father God all the time. I send up prayers. I have a relationship with them and the supreme creator of the universe, too. There's so much life out there. The universe is teeming with life, my friends. And that's the big picture. Unfortunately, some people don't see the big picture. They're too involved with their own lives. And Truly, I am blessed because I don't have too many worry, money worries. And I am a vegan, so I don't have to worry about too much food. And I am able to dedicate my time 
to some really good spiritual development and have been doing that for many years now, decades. I've achieved leaps and bounds of spiritual development, and I'm so grateful. You are God's also. If you have a brain and a heart, you are a God. If you can die, if you can die, if you have that potential to die, you are a God in the making. And you, if you're passionate about something, get your own radio show on BBS Radio. I know it's a little expensive. Not everyone has the money. But it'd be good for you to say what you believe in. Send those words out into the atmosphere. Help change the world. We can change the world, especially with prayer. Prayer can change the world. Don't you know there's a special room in heaven where prayers are heard? All prayers are answered, my friends. I guarantee it. Take it from me. That's the truth. All prayers are heard and answered. It might not be the way you want, but the way you need. If you pray for other people especially, that's what God loves. A true prayer, and I say God, I mean also Mother and Father God, or Father God or Mother God, each one by themselves, or the Supreme Creator of the Universe. A true prayer is a prayer that prays for everyone. Everyone. So be, please God and say prayers like I do sometimes. May God bless us, everyone, especially this time of the year. It's just like in the movie, A Christmas Carol, Tiny Tim said, and may God bless us, everyone. You should be able to say that prayer. Do me a favor, say that prayer, if you can, if you will, if you have the courage to. May God bless us. Everyone, may God bless us, everyone, everybody, all the homeless people on the streets, all the millionaires out there, billionaires, everyone. May God bless us, everyone. That's it, my friends. My time has run out. Thank you for listening. I love you. I know you love me, too. The creator of the universe loves me. Take good care, and may God, the creator of the universe, bless us, everyone. Please, God, bless us, everyone. Bye-bye. Talk to you next week.